I actually asked the team to prepare that song for us tonight because the Lord has led me to speak about his love tonight. And I want to encourage you, don't shut down and think, oh, I've heard this all before. I've been a Christian for about 33 years and I feel like the Lord is refreshing this in me and wanting me to go back to this again. I love the topic, love. You know, I'm praying this year, year 2023 is the year of love for you. I love love. <laughs> and maybe there's some people in this room and you, are, you have a desire to fall in love in 2023. And we saw some cuteness between Siobhan up here and Ben. That's, that's the office romance around here. Well, I remember falling for Mitch. I remember liking him, first of all, and him liking me. And he's very shy, so his form of liking someone was just hanging around long enough all the time. So I finally got the, got the gist. I remember Shane liking Nicola. And the way that he showed his... his um, they both really got to know each other was pranking one another. He put his, her car up for sale. That got her attention. <laughs> I, I actually remember, it brings back a memory, when I was in, I think, year six, the, the boy next door, Michael Toms, used to, you know, go home the same way, but he rode his bike, um, you know, he was my neighbour, and he used to ram me up the back um, on the way home one time, and I went home to my mum, I said, this, our neighbour Michael is like, ra he rammed me, you know, riding his bike into me and she's like, Belinda, Belinda, this is what 12-year-old boys do to get your attention when they like you. I'm like, that is stupid. <laughs> There's a time when the liking each other progresses and it, it becomes a bit more and you have the courage to step into a relationship. And these days, I know it's changed since 20 years ago for us, Mitch, these days it starts with following each other on Instagram and then having the courage to DM each other on, on Instagram. But there comes a time where you have the courage for a conversation. And then that, that relationship develops. And then comes the time, uh, well, actually, Mitch and I decided we weren't going to say I love you until we were sure that we were sure that we're sure we're going to have a serious relationship for the rest of our lives. So we held off and we kept just saying, I really like you. I like you so much. But that day came when it had to progress from I like you, I like you so much, to I love you. And 20 years married this year, hey? Well, I want to encourage you that God's love for you isn't just, I like you. He didn't progress in his love for you. He didn't decide, I think we've got enough in common. He has absolutely loved you before you were even born. He absolutely loves you. And it is essential that we have a fresh revelation and experience God's love so that we We'll be able to trust him more, that we'll be able to love him more, and that we'll be able to overflow and love other people genuinely with God's love. Love the nations of the world. So many people need the love of God. And the verse, the, the word that God has given me, that was last time's sermon. Better flick over to this one. <laughs> the word is from 1 John 4, and it's verses 16 to 21, and it says this, We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. We know how much God loves us. We need to know that we know that we know. And I want to ask you the question genuinely, do you really know how much God loves you? There are 3.37 billion people in this world 
that have never heard that their, their creator loves them. There are people in our community that don't know that Jesus loves them. And there's people in this room right now that the Lord wants to speak to you and tell you how much he loves you. You need to know that. It's so important that you know that. And you may question, I, I, I don't know if God loves me. I don't know if he really does. Or you might look at somebody else and go, oh, God loves them. He loves them more than he loves me. Or perhaps you've believed the lie that God couldn't love me because of all the shameful things that I have done. Well, I'm here to tell you tonight that God absolutely, unconditionally loves you. In the start of this year, we need to know that we know that we know that God loves us so that we can trust him and that we can share his love with others. And I just want to pray. I want to pray that the Holy Spirit will speak to us. Heavenly Father, Lord, I ask that by your Spirit you would speak to us tonight that you would give us a fresh revelation of how much you love us. Lord, we ask for an encounter tonight, an encounter with you and your love afresh. Lord, pour your love out upon us afresh. We need you. And Lord, I thank you so much for the privilege. Lord, I'm humbled at the privilege of being able to share your word with your beautiful people tonight. Amen. So how much does God love you? Oh, it's immeasurable. Oceans couldn't contain it. A universe couldn't contain it. It's extravagant, abundant, overflowing. God's love is overwhelming. He loved you before you were even born. He wrote about you before you were born. He, he numbered the days you would be on this earth and he wrote them down in his book. He was there when you were formed. He formed you in your mother's womb and he planned you. He was there loving you already. Before you even took a breath, he loved you. He knows you so well. He knows everything you say, everywhere you go, everything that you think, and he still loves you. He even knows the number of hairs on your head, which scientists say is about 100,000. He's obsessed with you, totally obsessed with you. And in this verse that we're reading here, 1 John 4, we know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in his love. Then these next three words, God is love. God is love. God doesn't just think loving thoughts about you. He, they, this is his nature. This is who he is. This is his, the divine origin of all love. God is love. And I love the, the time uh, Moses would meet with God all the time. And one of the instances that he met with God on Mount Sinai God decided to reveal his character to Moses. And he walks past Moses there on that mountain and the Lord cries out, Yahweh, the Lord. He says, the God of compassion and mercy. I am slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. I lavish, I lavish unfailing love to a thousand generations. I forgive iniquity, rebellion and sin. Wow, he wanted to reveal himself to Moses and this is his character. You know, the world's definition of love is to have a, an affection for somebody, even a passionate affection. The world's definition of love is to have a personal attachment like you would a parent or a child or a friend or a lover or a dog. All of it is affection, attachment. But really the best definition of love that we can ever have is from here the word of God. 
And in 1 Corinthians 13, Paul gives us the most simple, brilliant definition of what true love, perfect love is. Actually, Pastor Jack shared a message on this a few weeks ago on a Sunday morning. You need to go to YouTube channel, our YouTube channel, and listen to that message. It has really profoundly impacted me. Let's have a look at it. 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 to 6. It, this definition, the best. Love is patient and kind. Love is patience and kindness. Love is being willing to wait in the longest line ever. Love is kindness, mercy, grace. Love is patient and love is kind. And then in this verse, the Apostle Paul continues to write what love isn't. He says, love isn't, does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Now, I was challenged with that. I was challenged when Pastor Jack shared that word. If I really love my kids, how patient and kind am I with them? Love isn't resentful or irritable. Well, I think I need some more love in my life, more of the perfect love of God, true confessions. This verse about love, because God is love, and we read that there in 1, 1 John 4, God is love. We can insert God's name into this verse. We can actually say God is patient and kind. God does not envy or boast. God is not arrogant or rude. God does not insist on his own way. He is not irritable or resentful. God does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. This is the character of God. This is the God who loves you. A.W. Tozer says Satan's first attack upon the human race was his sly effort to destroy Eve's confidence in the kindness of God. He doesn't have any new tricks either. He is still doing that today, isn't he? Nothing twists and deforms the soul more than a low or unworthy conception of God. He says if we think of him, of God as cold and exacting, we shall find it impossible to love him and our lives will be ridden with servile fear. Wow. God is patient and God is kind. And his love, his patience and his kindness is unconditional. There are no terms and conditions. There is no having to prove yourself. Unconditional. It's love without strings. It's undeserved. He is patient even when we aren't patient. He is kind when we aren't kind. He is faithful even when we have been unfaithful. And perhaps you've experienced a love in your life that has been conditional, that has been manipulative, that has had strings attached. A love that, that was perhaps not actual love but lust that couldn't wait to get, 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 get now. Well, I want to tell you God's love is pure it is good. It has no ulterior motives. It seeks the best for you. His love is unselfish. You don't have to be perfect or pretty. You don't have to be smart or talented or rich or even holy. His love is unconditional. And he loved you at your worst. He loved you at your worst, Romans 5, but God shows his love, 
in this, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Let's hear that again, Romans 5 or 8. But God showed his great love for us, this is the New Living Translation, by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Let's turn it up to the amplified version. But God clearly shows and proves his own love for us by the fact that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Man, Jesus demonstrated this love, this patience, this kindness, this unconditional love while we used his name as a swear word. His patience and his kindness is unconditional and it is unfailing. It is unconditional and it is unfailing. It will not run out. It will not dry up. It doesn't let you down or quit. It is everlasting. It doesn't fade. I don't know your experience, whether you've experienced a love that faded or a love that was rejected or turned away after time. Somebody gave up on you. Well, your God will never give up on you. He will always love you. He will always love you. Lamentations chapter 2 says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Every morning you wake up and you put your feet on the ground. There it is waiting. God's love is waiting for you afresh every day. He's there. His love, his patience, his kindness his unconditional love every day. You wake up the next day, there it is again, unconditional love waiting for you. Wake up the next day, but I stuffed up yesterday. Next day, mercies are new every morning. There's a fresh lot of love there for you. Kind of like Groundhog Day, but better. <laughs> Unfailing. Romans 8 tells us about nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God. Neither death, nor life, angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing. So I want to ask you a couple of questions. Do you know that you know that you know that God loves you? Do you know it? And if you really believe it, if you really know it, what would it change in your life? What would it change in your day? What would it change in your relationships if you really believed it? Well, let's have a look. I want you to really think about that and challenge, like I've been challenged with that. 1 John 4, it says, We know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in His love. God is love and all who live in love live in God and God lives in them. All who live in love live in God. It's kind of like we have immigrated. I'm an immigrant. It's like we've immigrated to a new place in God, in love. And we've left the homeland. We're not just temporary visitors. We're not just tourists having a little a go at God's love and enjoying the, the love and then going back to our old life. We are new creations for if anybody is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. We've come to a new place. And we don't want to go back to the old place. We need to position ourselves in the love of God. And get this, verse 17, I love this. And as we live in God in our new, in our new home, in Him, 
our love grows more perfect. Now that's what I'm talking about because I need more of this perfect love. My love, according to 1 Corinthians 13, isn't always patient and kind. I need more patience. I need more kindness. I really do, don't I, Eva? <laughs> I need more and I, I want it to grow. You know, I've got these plants that I've had out the front of our house. I'm so embarrassed about them. They're gone now, actually. There was, I had this little hedge at the front of the house. I was embarrassed for the postman to see them. They were, it was a little hedge and I wanted it to be like green, red, green, like a, you know, I'm not a gardener at all. I've told you that before. Well, I obviously put the wrong plant in the wrong position. I put a plant that's supposed to be in the sun in the shade, there's shade at the front of our house and it did not survive at all. It looked terrible. It, it, was, it was terrible. I had to pull them all out and replant something that should have been positioned in the dark. But I want to encourage you that we were made to be positioned in the Son of God. If we are to grow in our love, to grow in our perfect love, grow in our kindness, grow in our patience, we need to be positioned in the Son, in the love of God. Amen? So how do we do that? How do we live in God's love? How do we position ourselves in that right soil? Well, we start every morning. I love getting up and spending the morning with the Lord. It just directs my whole day when I spend the morning with Him. I just love that. You might be a night person. I just love the morning with Him. And just waiting upon the Lord. Silence. Waiting upon the Lord. The Bible says those that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. Waiting on him, listening for him, listening for his voice, waiting on him, talking with him all day long, uninhibited fellowship with him all day long, marinating in his love. I love a good marinated steak, do you? You know, garlic, lemon, olive oil, rosemary. Marinating is good. It takes on the flavors. Well, I want to marinate in the flavors of the love of God. I want to marinate every morning so that what comes out of me in the day is patience and kindness. We need to immerse ourselves in the Word of God. We need to open this every day and say, Lord, what's your love letter for me today? He's got a love letter for you every single day. Every single day he wants to speak just to you, a rhema word, a love letter. How exciting every day opening up the Word. What have you got for me today, Lord? What letter have you written for me today? We need to immerse ourselves in the Holy Spirit every day, marinate in the Holy Spirit. Romans 5.5 5 says that God's love has been abundantly poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who is given to us. So 1 John 4, and we, give, we live in God, our love grows more perfect, so we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. I love that. Oh, I don't have to be afraid of standing before God. I love him and he loves me. I don't need to be afraid. But that's kind of a litmus test. If I'm afraid of standing with God, if I'm afraid to go to heaven, then it's like a litmus test to show, well, really, I may not have really ex fully experienced his perfect love, like it says there in in verse 18, it says, verse 18, such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it's for the fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. And this is why it's so important that we experience his perfect love. It goes on to say, we live like Jesus here in this world. And this church, 
We are encouraging every person to live like Jesus in this world. And we're confident because we live like Jesus in this world. Verse 19, we love each other because he loved us first. We are patient with each other because he was patient with us. We are kind to one another because he was kind to us. We love faithfully because he loved us faithfully. We care about others because he cared about us. We forgive others because he forgives us. We are faithful because he is faithful to us. So verse 20, if someone says, I love God, he's awesome, but hates his brother, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? And he has given us this command, those who love God must also love their fellow believers. This is like another litmus test. You know those science litmus tests? You can tell if it goes orange or yellow. I think it is. It's acidic. If it goes blue, it's alkaline. Or a pregnancy test, if the hormone, the pregnancy hormones are very present if the, the, the test shows two lines. Well, this is a test. If we, if we don't love our fellow believers, if we, we don't really have that perfect love of God inside of us. You might say, Belinda, I don't hate anyone. Oh, I don't hate anyone. Well, it says here, if we don't love people, is there somebody that you really struggle to love? Is there a people group? Is there a culture? Is there a family member that you struggle to love? Do you harbour resentment? Are you reactive to them? Do you really lack patience for that person? And perhaps you think it's justified because, you know, they did this and they said that and their character's not good and they, they're like this and they hurt someone I love. And, but even while I was still a sinner, Christ died for me and he loved me. I ask the band if you come and join me. If we don't love people we can see, how can we love the God whom we don't see? I want to tell you, we see you. I don't know if you've seen the movie Avatar recently. Who's seen it? Been to see Avatar? I see you. And we see you. Imaginations Church sees you. And we see the hurting, the suffering of domestic violence in our community. And we see those orphans in Lesotho. And we see those young children in Mexico. And we see the thirsty in Cambodia. We see the blind in India. And we love them. We love them. We love them. This is not a suggestion. This is a command. Jesus, it said in verse 21, it said, He has given us this command to love one another to love our brothers, to love our brothers. This is a command. It's not a suggestion. And Jesus said to his disciples, he said, as I have loved you, love one another. As I have loved you, as he has been patient and kind and demonstrated. We are to love. Matthew 22, verse 37 uh, a religious ruler comes up to Jesus and he says, well, what's the most important of all the commands of the law? And Jesus looks at him and he says, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul and all your mind, with all your strength. Love the Lord your God and to love others as you love yourself. Love your neighbour as you love yourself. We need a fresh revelation of the love of God so that we will love Him 
more and more this year, 2023, that I will love God more than I've ever loved Him and that I would love others more than I've ever loved them, that I will love people, that I would be like Jesus in this world. And Jesus, He spent time immersing Himself in His Father's love every day, every day, and He was able to give it out and give it out and give it out. Man, I want to live like Jesus in this world. So I'm going to ask you, we're going to have a time now. I've asked the guys to share this song, and I just ask that you stand to your feet. I want to minister this word to you because as I said before, this is more than a head revelation. This is an experience, an encounter. And it's not just for people who are emotional. Romans 5, 5 says that the Holy Spirit deposits, deposits the love of God into us. So I'm just going to ask right now that you would raise your hands and that you would expect right now God to do something. That you would expect the unfailing, unconditional love of God to come and to fill you. The God who sees you, the God who loves you, who God who who knows every hair of head on your head, that He would come right now as we sing this song, as we immerse ourselves in, in you, Lord God, right now. I ask by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would come. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, fill us afresh. Fill us afresh with your love. We need your perfect love, your perfect love, your perfect love. We're hungry for it, Lord. Thank you, Lord.